What's going on, everybody? This is Ryan Henry, and welcome to 180, where we get to share amazing stories of Christian transformation from around the world. These stories will literally blow your mind. Follow us on your favorite podcast player, or you can visit us at 180podcast.com. That's O-N-E-80podcast.com. But I was at the yeah. peak of my career when I yeah. was saved. I had no reason to leave. I thought this was it. People told me that I was helping them. People would come up to me and cry and say, oh, you're a goddess. You're an angel. God oh sent gosh. you. They would give me stories about how my books had healed them. Wow. Such deception. So many layers yeah. of deception. And it was only through God's grace and mercy that my eyes were opened. Doreen Virtue was the top-selling New Age author. She didn't realize she was receiving deception from the enemy and selling it. Celebrities were flocking to her palatial Hawaii ranch to get readings, and her speaking engagements all over the world were consistently sold out. But at the height of her career, Doreen was suddenly brought to her knees after reading Deuteronomy 18. Suddenly, she was deceived no more. Welcome to Doreen's 180. Well, we have an amazing guest today on our show. Doreen Virtue is here to tell an incredible story of a true 180. And uh, it's going to be amazing. Doreen, welcome to the podcast. We're super happy to have you today. Thank you so much for having me on. Doreen, an incredible author, but there's just so much to your story, and I'm excited to, to jump into it. But before we start, our listeners know the drill. We have to have a random question. So are you ready for it? I think so. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. <laughs> So tell us about something that you would be willing to stay up all night to do. Probably to watch or listen to a sermon of one of my favorite pastors. That's usually what I do at night. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. And then after that, my husband and I together, we listen to a book of the Bible on audio Bible every night. Do you really? That's amazing. That's Mm -hmm. a great way to end the day. Yes, it gives us a sense of peace. I love that. Okay, so let's jump in. So let's go back to the very, very beginning. Where did you grow up? What was life like? I grew up in Southern California, and I was born in 1958, so I'm 65 right now. The world was different in the 60s. It was kind of like a Christian world. I mean, I remember... Everybody on our neighborhood went to church. We had one Jewish family who went to synagogue, but the neighborhood was vacant Sunday morning. And all the shops were closed on Sundays. You could not even get gas. Hmm, Wow. Well, you drove to church. That was it. And then you would go to your grandmother's house for lunch. It was truly a Lord's Day. And we went to church twice a week. But the trouble was it was a false gospel church. It was the Christian Science Church made Hmm. by this false prophetess named Mary Baker Eddy in the Mm. 1800s. And I was a fourth generation Christian scientist. My mom was the pastor of the church. She was at the pulpit. Oh, wow. Okay. She was a Christian science practitioner with an office downtown doing the kind of Christian science prayers and such. And so, and then on Wednesday nights, we would have a testimonial meeting where people would stand up and they would give glory to Mary Baker Eddy instead of God. 
and mm. they would tell about their healings. And so that was the confusing part for me growing up was here we read the Bible every week. Yeah, yeah. Things seemed to work. Like my mom would pray over my brother and I if we would skin our knees with our bicycles or we'd get sick or even if the washing machine stopped working or the car broke down, she would pray over these things and everything would be fine. We'd have healings and every Wednesday night we would hear people with their testimonials of amazing healing. So I had no reason to believe that I was off the path. My whole life I thought I was a Christian, but mm. what I didn't know is I wasn't saved and I was following a false Jesus because mm. the Christian science Jesus, it's Arianism. He's a created being who is a good role model for us. Mm. He's not the son of God who came to die in our place. In fact, the Christian scientists, just like the new age I got into later, both say that because God is perfect, therefore we're perfect. And mm. that sin is an illusion. Hell is just a PR scheme of the Roman Catholic Church to get money mm. and control. Mm. They would say the Bible is corrupt. There's missing books. You know, all that stuff you hear today. I grew up with that. And hmm. so it is absolutely a miracle that I'm sitting here with you today as a born again believer who absolutely knows that Jesus is the Son of God who really yeah. did die for our sin, that the Bible really is God's inerrant, God breathed book. Yeah. It's amazing because that is not what I thought 10 years ago. I was just saved in 2017. And oh, my goodness. Yes, it's recent. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. This, this just gets me so much more excited to hear about all that you went through. So what do you think was going on when your mom is praying and you guys are seeing things happening? What do you think was happening? I think the devil's a really good counterfeiter, as we see in Exodus in the yeah. Pharaoh's court. And so I think he hooks people in with false healings to yes. get you to stay on the broad path. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're growing up in this, you're going to um, Christian science. Did you have siblings? My brother. Yeah. And so it was the two of us and we were yeah. all in, we would go to the summer camp. Uh, we were part of the youth group, the Sunday school. I was a member of the mother church out of Boston. We were all in as Christian science as you can be. Okay. What was your personal view of God at that time? They said God was mind. And so it's very much like the Egyptian hermetics think that God is just thought, like a giant brain almost, wisdom only, and yeah. love, but love was never defined. And so there was no personal relationship with God or even with Jesus. I didn't mm -hmm. know Jesus. The only beings that I felt like I could connect with, which was wrong, were angels. And that's what led me off the path into new mm. age. I wanted some relationship. I was always yeah. very spiritual. Even as a child, I wanted to know what happens when you die. And I would go to the Christian science reading room looking for books that would answer mm. my questions. And the Christian scientists are Gnostics who think that there's no such thing as matter or any kind of death is an illusion. They mm. think that Genesis 3 was just a myth that you mm. don't pay attention to. So... I had all these questions that no one seemed to be able to answer. And so I started looking in occultic and metaphysical books to try and find answers, and they didn't answer. All that time, the answers were in the Bible sitting on mm -hmm. my shelf. Yeah. At that time, you weren't, I'm assuming, getting directly led to the Bible by your family to get these answers. You just were left searching. Right, exactly. The Christian Science, the big church in Boston, every week gives you scripture to read. 
but mm-hmm. it's one verse here and one verse there, one verse here, and then a corroborating verse from the official book called Science and Health with Key to the Scripture by Mary Baker Eddy. So okay. we would read all these verses out of context, cherry-picked, mm-hmm. and they were like how they have now, you have to be a positive thinker mm-hmm. in the New Age, like the Law mm-hmm. of Attraction. It was like that. You had to only read the verses that were, quote, positive. Yeah. And so knock and the door will be open, ask yeah. and it should be given. Just kind of these positive affirmation out of context verses. That's how I grew up reading the Bible. And it was also the King James only, which as mm-hmm. a child, I had a really hard time with the old English. When I started reading the new King James Bible as an adult, that really started to lead me out of deception. Wow. So only reading the positive things out of the Bible. Why is that a dangerous thing? Well, because the gospel has bad news that we're all sinners, and that's why we need Jesus. We all deserve death, the wages of sin are death. Mm-hmm. Romans 3.23 said, every one of us is a sinner. And so you have to go into the bad news to get the good news, that yeah. Je- Jesus died in our place, took the wrath that we all deserve, right. and died for our sins. Hmm. That's good. So your view of God, you've had a lot of questions growing up and not finding many answers. As far as your upbringing, was there anything particularly difficult about it? Would you say you had a a fairly good upbringing? Well, my parents were fine. My dad, he should have been the spiritual leader, like the Bible says that husbands are supposed to be. He was raised Presbyterian. And actually, when my mom and dad went to get married, the Presbyterian minister would not marry them because my mom was a Christian scientist and he knew they were unequally yoked. Hmm. And so at that point, it would have been so nice if dad said, you know what, I'm going to be the man and we're going to be raising our kids Presbyterian. My whole life would have been different. But of course, God's in charge and he's sovereign over this. But it's a lesson that men really do need to be the spiritual leaders of Hmm. the home. That's God's creation order. So yeah, I had a normal kind of middle class 1960s upbringing. It really was like you saw in some of the 60s shows, like Leave it to Beaver. It was a cool time in America. I have to say that I have some nostalgia about it before the 70s made everything just cuckoo. So Mm. the thing was that I think because of the demonic nature of the false teaching of Christian science, I had a lot of visions as a child. And Mm. I saw things that no one else could see. And I didn't understand them, and I would ask mom about them, and she would say, it's my imagination. But I was Mm. really seeing things. Mm -hmm. And then I just decided it was my guardian angels, but it was demons taking advantage of an oppressed little girl. And I really think that's what led me into the new age later in life. Yeah. So how did you wind up a leading author on books regarding the new age? How did you go from this Christian scientist little girl to the new age? I think I was trying to figure myself out. Um, I had all these questions. So I went to Chapman University and I earned Mm -hmm. a BA and an MA in counseling psychology. Mm -hmm. And I became a psychotherapist and I started writing books about psychotherapy. My clinical specialty was eating disorders. So my books were all on eating and such. And then I got invited to speak at a mind body spirit festival called the whole life expo. We Mm -hmm. used to go to Chicago to Roseville every year. 
I'm hmm. so sorry to everyone who's in Chicago. I hmm. repent and apologize for bringing hmm. deception. And that's where I got introduced to New Age, because in between the speakers, I would walk around the convention center floor where there was different booths with different vendors selling very exotic New Age hmm. things. They would demonstrate chakra clearing, and they had crystals, and they had yoga demonstrations. Hmm. And it all seems so exotic and exciting. And, hmm. and so I started to try those things and research them. And then I found out that they worked. Again, it's that whole deception of the devil where things seem to work to a point, like mm -hmm. the sorcerers in Pharaoh's court. And so then I started teaching about what I was learning and writing about it. And that's how I just gradually became a New Age author. And yeah, I was prolific, too. I was writing like seven books a year. And then I got into tarot cards at one of these events. And, and they scared me. I was always afraid of witchcraft and the you know, darkest occult and mm -hmm. tarot. So I threw out the cards that had the pentagrams and the devils and such. And I just used a little bit of cards. And then I thought because of a dream I had with my grandmother, I thought she told me to get involved with researching Pythagoras, which led yeah. me to numerology, which led me to the tarot. And the bottom line was I went to my publisher and I said, you know what, I really want to create a deck of cards with angels on them instead of these devils and pentagrams. And so I started creating angel tarot cards and they became wildly popular the minute they were published hmm. and they seemed to work. Again, the new age, that's the number one argument people have when they push back on my conversion, but this works. Yeah, it seems to work, but at what cost? Yeah. And that's, that's really, that's a very good point because just because it works doesn't mean it's good. In your book, you talk about the dream that you had where you thought your grandmother was giving you direction. Can you just share a little bit about that? Yeah. And how do you test knowing, is this something from God? Is this not from God? Was it really my grandma? What was your experience and how would you help somebody navigate through an experience like that? Absolutely. Well, I had these visions since I was a child and I would also have visions of people that were deceased around other people. So real demonic visions. And I would give pretty much mediumship necromancy sessions for people. And then I would mm -hmm. teach them mediumship. So that part I'm really ashamed of, but that was my life back then. And it was part of my salvation story. What and, is that when you say mediumship necromancy? Could you explain that for us? Well, it's when you talk to someone and you get a message from the other side from a deceased mm -hmm. loved one. Mm -hmm. I actually wrote a column for years in a women's magazine called Women's World that you can see at the checkout stand at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And Women's World had a column that I wrote called My Guardian Angel. And it was all stories of people who'd lost a loved one who said they were getting messages from a bird or a butterfly or mm -hmm. a rainbow or a song on the radio. Mm -hmm. And that was the kind of work I was doing, was mm -hmm. writing about that and teaching that. And so wow. when I, I had this dream... And it seemed so real. And my grandmother, Pearl, who had died years before, was in this dream. And she was showing me things like this beautiful home, oceanfront home and these beautiful things. And she's like, would you like this? And I said, sure, Grandma. And she said, well, then if you want this, you have to study Pythagoras. So I started studying him. Wow. And that led me to numerology, which led mm. me to understand Tarot and how it worked. And mm. it was a really dark path. I didn't have the boundaries of the Bible to show me that you need to test the spirits. First John 4 tells us that 
if that spirit does not confess Jesus biblically, now he was talking to the Gnostics who said that Jesus was just a spirit, didn't come mm -hmm. in the flesh, but it has a, a application to us all that if the spirit that you're talking to or that someone is bringing through who says they're a medium, if that spirit doesn't point you to the biblical Jesus, run the other way. That is mm. a demon pretending to be, in my case, it was pretending to be my grandma. It's mm. so realistic. Mm. It seems like they have details, yeah. but it's demons. The Bible, Hebrews says that it's appointed for a man to die once and mm. then face judgment. We don't come around and hang out with our family after we die. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Like the thief on the cross, Jesus said, today you'll be with my in paradise. But those who are not saved in Jesus, we know that they face judgment, mm. which is tragic. It's why we share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And and so this dream pointed me in this direction that got me even deeper into metaphysics and new age. But what happened was that because I studied Pythagoras and I made all these angel cards, mm. which were not angel, they were demon cards, I ended up buying that house that I'd seen mm. in the dream. Again, it seemed it seemed wow. to work. Yes. Yeah. Wow. To work. And pretty soon I was on Oprah. I was on The View. I was on CNN. I was on all the very left wing shows. I was left wing. I was pro life, which was made me kind of a freak in the new age. But I was very woke, very inclusive. Love is love. And I was left of Hillary Clinton <laughs> politically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was a whole different person back then without a biblical worldview. And if you don't have a biblical worldview, you have no guardrails and mm. you just follow your heart, follow your dreams. And that is, as Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful and wicked. Yeah. Okay. So you had this dream. It really kind of does truly start to lead you down this path. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking and feeling as you're going down this path? I mean, what are your thoughts about God? Are they evolving? Are they changing? Are you starting to throw him out the window? How did things evolve? Well, it makes me want to cry to think back how I saw God back then, because it's so blasphemous. Mm -hmm. I saw him almost like a genie, almost like Santa Claus like a hmm. wish granter. And I saw the angels the same way. I didn't know Jesus, so I really wouldn't talk with him. But I would ask for favors all the time through the, quote, angels, mm -hmm. who were really demons. And they would mm -hmm. bring me basically anything I wanted. And mm -hmm. pretty soon, my mm -hmm. husband and I were living in Hawaii on a 50-acre ranch um, on the Big Island and living the high life. We were being flown around the world first class I'm talking Emirates, the really yeah. fancy first class. We were yeah. staying in Ritz-Carlton, and wow. I was shopping on Fifth Avenue in New York, and Harrods in London, and just being spoiled. And movie stars and rock stars were coming to me for readings, coming to our house, and I was doing phone consults with them. I had mm. standing room only, sold-out workshops everywhere. They said I was monetarily the top-selling author in the New Age at that time when I was saved. And this is God's infinite wisdom, because if my career was going down, people could say, oh, she just wants relevance. But I was at the yeah. peak of my career when I yeah. was saved. I had no reason to leave. I thought this was it. People told me that I was helping them. People would come up to me and cry and say, oh, you're a goddess. You're an angel. God oh sent gosh. you. They would give me stories about how my books had healed them. Wow. Such deception. So many layers yeah. of deception. And it was only through God's grace and mercy that my eyes were opened. I, and here I am talking to you. 
one thing I find is tricky, and maybe you could shed some light on this, is when people think of angels and light and all these things, they automatically just go, oh, it's all good. What's so wrong about angels? Can you talk to us a little bit about things that you've experienced, what you've learned as, as to why it's maybe not all flowers and roses and all that? Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as you behave and obey, the demons will... As 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, the, Satan masquerades as an angel of light and masquerades really, really well. Yeah. I really thought I was talking with God's angels. I was convinced. Wow. And I was getting messages and I was having real experiences that I was writing down in all these books and mm. talking to people at my workshops. I'd give them messages from an archangel or a guardian angel, not knowing it was a demon talking mm -hmm. because they seemed so loving it seems so exactly accurate, too. They would tell me things about people's careers, the names of their deceased loved ones. I knew things I couldn't have known from strangers I'd never met mm. before. And it was a deception because they never pointed anybody to Jesus, the real Jesus. They never pointed anyone to go to church or read the Bible. In fact, mm -hmm. they would say the opposite. They would say, Jesus is an ascended master. He's just like us. He's one mm -hmm. of the gang. They mm -hmm. would say the Bible's corrupt. Don't listen to it. You're saying that these angels would actually say this to you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, through me. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that you don't, you don't need church because those people are asleep to the truth. And mm. we're the awakened ones. You need to awaken mm. other people. Mm. So, yeah, it was very demonic. And this whole time I thought that, I was especially anointed to listen to angels. And I, then I became very narcissistic, prideful, puffed up. Mm. Like Paul talks about in Colossians, puffed yeah. up with the messages yeah. of angels. And then I started to think that every thought I had was from God. I needed to be humbled. I was yeah. really humbled when I was saved. And I needed it because I was a walking pride machine at one point. Would you ever refer to yourself as like a self-made prophetess type I didn't use that language. I called myself a psychic at that time. But after I was saved for a little minute, before I really started to study the Bible and became more sanctified, I wanted to become a Christian prophetess. I thought, well, I can just transfer this skill to go to Bethel Reading and be mm. on their stage. And so it was only by the grace of God that I got stopped on that plan. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting. Why would you say just that it's not as simple as a transfer from one thing to the next? Okay, so let me just back up and say, after I was saved, I went to seminary and got a master's degree in biblical and theological studies mm -hmm. from Western Seminary. These books behind me were the books I used in seminary. I've read most of them. And mm -hmm. we had to do a paper on every book of the Bible, a big paper. And so I studied all the biblical prophets and none of them were like the psychics that I was hmm. like, or that these psychics I've seen. The prophets in the Bible were very unpopular to the point of being killed often, right. because they were saying the same thing. They would say, repent and return to God's covenant. The modern prophets or psychics are all about stroking your ego. You're going to meet your soulmate. Mm. You were born for just a time like this. They always throw that Esther 4-4 quote in there. You're going to be an amazing person. It just They don't talk like biblical prophets at all. Mm. And Deuteronomy mm. 18 says that if you get one thing wrong as a prophet, you are not speaking for God. And I didn't get everything right as a psychic. Yeah. I probably had maybe a 75% rate. Mm. at best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so to somebody who has never been involved with the new age movement in a 
intentional way because mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to make a little room for it. Take us to maybe a time where you can kind of explain something that you've experienced or what is it like? Well, it's it's all trying to be your own God. They admit that in the new age, you're trying to be your own goddess if you're a woman. And so it's really trying to glorify yourself. That's the big reason why new age and Christianity can never blend. Because as you know, Christianity's purpose is to glorify God. And in the new age, you start with a broken person. Most people Mm. in the new age have come from a background of abuse or Mm. some sort of trauma. Mm. And so in psychology, you would say they have low Mm self-esteem. And so new age offers to prop you up. And so you do a lot of methods. They give you so much homework to do every single day with promises that you'll get enlightened if you just do this, 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 and this. Lots of methods, very expensive, very time consuming. And mm. and then if you don't get there, it's your fault because you've had a negative thought because the new mm. age says that your thoughts create their reality. Mm. Unlike Christianity, who creates reality? God. But the new age thinks that your thoughts create your reality. So if you have positive thoughts, you create a positive reality. You make vision boards, which are not biblical, no matter what someone tr- twists Habakkuk 2.2. Don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. Vision boards are occultic. You use yoga, you do all these things to make yourself peaceful, mm. which you can't have peace without Jesus. Right. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line. And yeah. so most new agers will say, well, I love Jesus too. And mm. you'd be wise to have a conversation with them to ask them who they think Jesus is. And yeah. they'll tell you he's an ascended master, who's a good person, who's now in the sky helping us. And he's just like Buddha. And that's how a new age thinks of Jesus. They're following the false Christ. They're told there's no such thing as sin or hell or any kind of judgment that God is only love. And so the devil has Teflon proofed new agers against the gospel. I mean, we have to hear the gospel. Faith comes by hearing. Right, Um, right. But when a new ager hears the gospel until God saves them, like second Corinthians says, when it lifts the veil, Until that time, the New Ager sees the gospel as unnecessary negativity that he's afraid of because he thinks that will make him manifest or attract negativity. Mm. So they Mm. shut down when they hear the gospel, but Mm. they still need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice there because you could easily be like, well, if it's going to shut them down anyway, then what's the point? But obviously, somehow you're here. Well, God's word does not return void is what happens. That's right. So you're top seller. You have 50 acres in Hawaii, living the dream. You have the house that your grandma showed you in the dream, and you're married at this point. Yep. Right now, was your husband, if you don't mind me asking, was he into New Age as well? He was. He was on stage with me playing Mm. the New Age meditation music, doing Mm. psychic readings from stage. Mm. He was idolizing Archangel Michael. He Mm. had Archangel Michael statues and jewelry. Are you both out? Yes. Oh, yeah. We were saved at the same time by God's grace. How did we get there? It's only God. If you had asked me a year before you're going to be a born-again Christian, I would have laughed. I would have said, first of all, I am a Christian, but not those born-agains. I thought the born-agains were all judgmental and fear-based and guilt-based. This was not my life plan at all. Right, right. What happened was, because I saw myself as a Christian, I would listen to Christian radio all the time through my life. In the Mm. 90s, I was really into Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel Mm. radio. I listened to that Mm -hmm. every day. I don't know why I didn't go to Calvary Chapel Church, but 
whatever. That's yeah, God's yeah. plan. <laughs> and so then January of 2015, I was listening to Christian Satellite Network in Hawaii, mm. and Alistair Begg came on. Alistair Begg is a pastor out of Ohio with a Scottish accent that's charming. Mm. And I'd listened to him before, but this time he was giving a sermon on 2 Timothy 4 that says, In the end times, people will want their itching ears tickled Ooh. by false teachers. And he described a false teacher, and it was like he was describing me. And I went home. It was the first time I remember consciously the Holy Spirit convicting me. So I went home, and I said to Michael, I really want us to start going to church if we could. And not oh, a New Age church, whoa. but a, a real church. We didn't know what denomination to go to, so we went to all these different churches. And a lot of them were teaching things that are very not biblical. But at one of the churches... In January of 2017, it was just like Second Corinthians. God lifted the veil, and I understood that Jesus really is the Son of God who really did die for our sins, and that the Bible really is God's Word. I had a vision at the same time, but I now know that that was not real. It was spiritual warfare from my old past. But I understood the gospel, but I had a missing part. I still didn't see myself as a sinner. Hmm. And it took until September with me reading the Bible until I got to Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, where God is speaking through Moses to the Israelites before they cross the Jordan River mm -hmm. and telling them, don't be like the Canaanites. Don't use mediumship, which I was using. Don't interpret omens, which I was doing. Don't do divination, which I was mm -hmm. doing. And, and then the kicker that broke me and finally God used to save me was it said that anyone who does these things is a detestable abomination to God. Hmm. I, I couldn't believe that because I thought that I was doing God's work helping people. But when I hmm. read that, that's when I finally got the missing piece of the gospel that I was a sinner. And the full weight of wow. what I had done, just and here I was 58 or 59 years old, just bore on me hmm. that I had been deceived and I had passed that deception along to my books were printed in 38 languages. And I had this burden. Uh, I have to tell the whole world I was wrong. And then my books and cards were licensed and published by publishers around the world. How do I get these books off the market? So I mm. went online and I told people, please burn my books. Don't read them. Don't buy them. I'm so sorry. They're demons. Make sure to follow, like, and share our show with your people. Now, back to the show. And then the New Agers just started coming after me, saying I was oh. fear-based. And I had spiritual warfare palpable for the first time that I ever could remember. Yeah. So I had to deal with that. And everyone seemed like they were mad at me. I got yeah. fired from my publisher. We had to give back the ranch. And we were caring for my parents. We had to figure out a way to move somewhere. Uh, we gave refunds for the first two years to people who were mad. And so it was just this big upheaval. And the Christian wow. community was looking at me going, I don't think she's really saved, which I was saved, but I was not an instant theologian. I was a senior citizen try trying to figure out this new life, new heart. You had a, a decent amount of life under your belt. It's hard, I think, as you get older because you feel like you figured everything out. So that's just amazing. What it taught me was to lean on God. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6 are my life verses. To mm. trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I had to learn that lesson. Before then, I trusted my heart. I trusted my dreams. I trusted the cards or astrology. 
finally I had to learn how to trust God and praise the Lord. He's helped me with that. Oh my goodness. So here you are at any point. Are you thinking, why am I doing this? Because everything I know is being just uprooted and thrown out. You lost the mansion. You have all these people mad at you. You're going through spiritual warfare. Did you ever think about maybe I should just stick with what I was doing? No, not one moment. Wow. No, I just prayed for God to give me strength and boldness. And my husband was going through the same thing. And, you know, we had each other. And there yeah. were some Christians who came to our aid and gave yeah. us discipleship and support. Wow. And praise the Lord, we landed in a really good church where we're under the authority of a solid pastor who goes line by line through the Bible. Mm. If I understand correctly, the biblical truth that you started to understand that brought about change was that you were a sinner. Yeah. There's a need for you to know the gospel and to have a savior. Is that, would you say that? That's right. That was the missing piece all those years. I'd heard the gospel because again, I grew up in the sixties. They used to have really solid pastors on mm -hmm. TV and they would share the gospel. You can look up Billy Graham, he was on Johnny Carson sharing the gospel wow, yeah. when I was growing up. You had the Peanuts cartoon, mm. Charlie Brown and Linus sharing the, the story of Luke. So the gospel was all mm. around in America, mm. and so I'd heard the gospel, and I just didn't resonate with it. In fact, one of the early churches that Michael and I went to, we would take communion. We shouldn't have because we weren't saved, mm. but... They offer it to us. And we would say the sinner's prayer. But in my head, I was thinking, well, you might be a sinner, but I'm not. My brother, Ken, he was saved 20 years before I was. And he had been praying for me. He and his men's mm. group had been praying for me all those years. He had sent me some Ray Comfort videos like Hell's Best Kept Secret. And I'd watched it. Yeah. I had also I listened to the whole Bible on cassette. So it was there. I just didn't know I was a yeah. sinner. That one missing part until I read Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. And it was not just me reading that. That was definitely the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think it would have been the same effect if someone who said, Doreen, you're a sinner? They did say that. And it, it just rolled off you. I would say in my head, I would say that might be true for you, but not for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, I did not resonate with that at all. Because in Christian science, you land on Genesis one twenty six, where we're made in God's image and likeness. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, God's not sinful, for I'm in his image and likeness, therefore I'm not sinful. That's wow. how I was raised. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Would you say there was a moment where you're like, okay, Jesus, I'm all in? That moment I read Deuteronomy 18. What I realized, I didn't know what I was doing. And it was literally one of these, Jesus, take the wheel, take my life. And I was wow. on my knees crying, saying, I didn't know. Please forgive me. Please forgive everyone I've influenced. Please take over my life because I obviously don't know what I'm doing because everything wow. that I thought was right was wrong. Oh, my goodness. Just like that. Just like that. It was a real road to Damascus moment. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What did you feel in that moment as you're offering up these prayers? Desperation complete shock to realize the truth. Mm. It, the whole thing has been like going to another planet or another country. Mm. And Jesus gives us a new life. And to have a new life at age 59 by that point, it's been quite a sanctification process, especially in the public eye. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So here you are, you know, you come to Christ. <laughs> Now what? You've got potentially millions of or thousands, I don't know what it was, of people who follow you, who read your materials. Could you talk to us about the after coming to Christ? 
Well, I've always been really transparent. I never mm -hmm. have held back. I think that's one of the reasons that I was appreciated in the new age. So I was doing weekly videos on YouTube. And so mm -hmm. I simply, my next weekly video, I told them what happened. And I had, at that point, between January 2017 and September, when I was saved, I was trying to blend Christianity with New Age. And mm. I knew that Jesus was the answer. I just didn't know how. Like, I knew he was the Son of God, but I didn't know he was the Creator. I hadn't yeah. read Colossians 1 yet, or John mm -hmm. 1 even. And so I didn't know Jesus. It was flip-flopping, kind of in this netherworld. And then mm. Deuteronomy 18 is what God used to open my eyes. And that's when I was saved. And that's when the spiritual warfare started. It was intense. I, it was palpable. I could feel dark presence and I couldn't sleep. It was just like I was being attacked. So interesting because you were steeped in dark presence, but it's like all of a sudden when you're trying to get out, that's when they start get really caring. Yeah. And so hmm. I didn't know what to do. So I got involved with really hokey deliverance ministries and biblical and trying to find relief. The only thing that finally worked was to start playing audios of the Bible in the house. And hmm. so my husband and I just play audios of the Bible and it's part of the armor of God to be in the Bible and to be in God's word. You can't eliminate spiritual warfare, you know, mm -hmm. but it really has helped us to live in a way that we can sleep at night and, you know, things are managed now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So all the spiritual warfare is happening. And so do you feel like the word of God was kind of your road out through all the fire yeah. and the criticism? What kept you going? Well, it was the strength of Christ. I couldn't hmm. have done it on my own. But partly also, when you get to be a senior citizen, you stop caring so much what people think about you. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> and so all I care about is, am I being biblical or not? Am I offending God? Yes or no. If someone criticizes me and they have a legitimate criticism that I've said something that's not biblical, I want to know that. I mm. want to learn. I, I want to have a teachable heart. Mm. But if they're- that's beautiful. Yeah, if they're criticizing me because they're offended that I'm saying the gospel or calling out false teachings like Ephesians 5.11 commands us, mm. then I don't care. I mean, I'll try to say truth in love and be gracious, but if you're offended by biblical truth, I'll pray for you, but I'm not going to water it down yeah. to try to yeah. assuage your feelings. Right, yeah. Did your husband come to the Lord at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were both going to church together. We were That's both doing Bible amazing. study together. He was not as deeply into the New Age as I was. And okay. back in January 2015, when I'd heard Alistair Begg talk about false teachers, and I realized mm. that I was one, I changed my work a lot after that. I said to Michael at that point, I think I want to quit the New Age. And he said, do it. And I said, mm. well, how? Our sons were employees. We had all these employees. We had workshop. How can I quit? And he's just like, quit. So he was very supportive from before I was willing to leave the new age. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. Wow. So after coming to the Lord, what started changing personally for you? Did you notice that there was changes in your character? Would you say that the sin that you were really steeped in would be really the sin of pride? Yeah, the sin of pride, selfishness, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did that start to change? 
Uh, it had to. All of a sudden, our income dropped off the cliff. We had to move. I was taking care of my elderly parents with medical yeah. issues. And people were really mad at me. I mean, we were getting letters that were so hateful and just shocking from this new age community that a week before had said they loved me and I was a goddess. And now wow. all of a sudden, just the rudest language. And they're going after my children as well at that point. I was shocked at how peaceful I was through it. <laughs> because <laughs> before then, I was always chasing peace through yoga yeah. classes, through affirmations and Eastern meditation. I would mm -hmm. get peace temporarily. But I was in the eye of the storm, the eye of the hurricane through all this mm. trial. Mm. There's things that really bother me and hurt me. Mm, that's so, so hard. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. But other than that, my biggest burden is my old work is still out there. And so I'm on social media every day talking to people who are confused by my conversion, trying to share the gospel with them and tell them that these materials do not really work, even though they seem to. And I'm pretty bold because we don't have time to waste. I went to a lot of churches that were sugarcoating the gospel, mm -hmm. and I needed someone to be really clear with me. So you find yourself talking to a lot of people now. You try to make yourself fairly accessible? Yeah, I answer letters on Instagram every day. There's hundreds of them, and it's just me, so I can't get to everyone as fast as I'd like. But every day, wow. I, yeah, every day I'm answering letters from people, mostly women. If there's yeah. a man who wants to talk, I have a couple of uh, brothers in Christ who are pastors yeah. who I send them to. Wow. How are you finding others coming out of the New Age? Oh, yeah, there's a mass exodus out of the New Age. Yeah, That's praise amazing. The Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You were talking about how early on you didn't consider yourself like, a, you wouldn't say witch or witchcraft, no, but you thought all. the things that you were doing were good and to help people. What is the difference between that? Is there a difference? Is it only a difference of the person's mind or between entering into witchcraft versus somebody who's doing tarot card readings. Yeah, it's a pretty blurred line, if there is any. Mm -hmm. Witches maybe are more leaning toward using nature for spells and doing conscious spells and don't mind that they're working with demons, where hmm. in the New Age, you don't even believe in demons. There's no talk about demons. You only talk right. about positive and negative dark and light. Mm -hmm. So these euphemisms. Yeah. So you would say that negative energy, <laughs> mm. where in witchcraft, you'd probably call on a demon to get your way. Wow. So it's much more blatant, although they really do all kind of fall under the same umbrella yeah. of unbiblical. How real was it for you when you were in it? Yeah, it's 100% real. The experiences were real. The results were real. I would do vision boards and affirmations and new age prayers, which are not prayers of the righteous at all. Mm. And I would get what I'd ask for. Mm. I would get the car. I was very successful from a worldly standpoint, but inside I was empty and I was seeking. Mm. I was always seeking the truth. I was seeking peace. I was seeking happiness. Even though I seemed yeah. to have everything, I had all these so-called friends. I had health. I had family really successful career, the home in Hawaii. And yet I was not happy. I was not peaceful. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm sure that especially focusing on the positive all the time that people couldn't really see into that. Part. No, it's very superficial in the new mm. age. You're not allowed to talk about your problems. So mm. all of your relationships are at arm's length and mm -hmm. it's very fake. You know, it's all, mm. I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Inside yeah. you might be 
dying, but you can't tell anybody because that would be viewed as negative and mm. you'd be bringing everyone down. And then they'd say that it's your fault that you helped to manifest a negative experience. It's really sounds very much just like a trap, just one oh, nasty trap. It's a big trap. And the promises are lies. The devil is the author of lies, of course. And, and so it, the new age promises that you'll have health, you'll have wealth, you'll have a soulmate, life purpose. All your dreams will come true. Just read this book. Just go to this seminar. Just do all these things, that list of items you have to do for the new age. But you mm. never get your wishes in the mm. sense of fulfillment. Like I had the mm. trappings, but inside I was an empty shell. What would you say to somebody who said, well, I just like, I want to get into the zodiac signs and that's, that's harmless. It's not going to hurt anything. What would you say to them about that? Yeah. And a lot of people twist scripture to justify these sins because of course mm -hmm. they say the Magi were astrologers. It doesn't say that it says that they were magicians. The Magi does not mean we can do astrology. I used to believe that the astrology can seem harmless, especially when you just call it, oh, it's just my horoscope in this woman's magazine. I'm just going to mm -hmm. glance at this and see what's up for this month. But see, mm. they're all doorways. And mm -hmm. once you get into the doorway, you mm. want more. It's insatiable. Mm. And so mm. what happens is you stop trusting in the Lord and you want to predict and control the future. And New Age, it's like Genesis 3 when the serpent said, you can be like God. New Age is exactly like that, right? You can have yeah. secret wisdom. You can have insight that nobody else has because you're special. And is all that secret wisdom revolving around things on the earth, like situations with other people's lives that kind of elevates you to put you in a place of power because you know things. And a lot of these things are actually true because it's revealed by demonic principalities. Like, is that the secret wisdom that you're talking about? Or were there extra things about the universe and all the things that would be revealed? Both. So you would think, okay, I'm going to know what's under the capstone of the pyramid in Egypt. I'm going to know where the mm -hmm. Ark of the Covenant is. And it's all unbiblical about the Ark. And then mm -hmm. I'm also going to know about the Pleiadians. And I'm going to know mm -hmm. about life after death and reincarnation. And so the New Age appropriates from different cultures, like mm -hmm. Hinduism, Native American spirituality, Buddhism. And Roman Catholicism is big in the New Age and just kind of tries to blend all those thought processes together. And mm -hmm. it's all with the end purpose of granting your wishes. Yeah, granting your wishes. And it sounds like a huge pursuit of knowledge, yeah. which in itself to know is not automatically bad, but it's the replacing of God the need for God. That's just really interesting what you say about that, that pursuit of knowledge and how that could be really appealing for somebody who feels like out of control in their life, who feels like things are spiraling in a direction they don't want to go. And so the new age seems to be for them to kind of control, grab hold situation, be able to know, predict. It just is very interesting on in how it seems like there's just a lot of warfare even embedded into that to get you to believe the lie. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Well, it's a miracle that you're here. Yes, <laughs> it is. And it's a miracle that we're talking. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a whole new life, a new world. And then to have Michael and I have a Jesus-centered, we got remarried after we were saved too. It's yeah, really Christian wedding and just to have a Jesus-centered, Bible-centered life in yeah. our marriage is just praise the Lord. What do you love the most about Jesus? 
just what he was willing to do for us. John 3.16 just says it all. Just the story of him coming to earth and he's God. And mm. he's trying to tell the truth to people who don't want to hear it. Just for him to be willing to suffer, the amount of suffering he must have gone through. Because mm. he was the only sinless person who could take our punishment that we all deserve. Mm. It's just the greatest story ever told. Were any of the idols or gods or spirits that you would engage with early on, would any of them do such a thing? No. There's stories about the elephant-headed deity Ganesha in Hinduism. He's big in the yeah. yoga community. And it's all about what can they do for you? And mm -hmm. so that guy was supposed to be the overcomer of obstacles. And supposedly mm -hmm. he got his head <clears throat> chopped off and his his mother couldn't find any kind of head to put on him. So she found a baby elephant and put that head on him. So there was kind of the sacrificial stories like that, but nothing mm. like Jesus's earthly life and his death, his, mm. his resurrection. Which is documented. Yeah, documented many people, right? Real history, not mm -hmm. just fantasies. That's right. Passed on down. And that's yeah. the difference. Wow. So amazing. Isn't it? Every day I wake up and I'm just, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Just thank you. Yeah. I, I didn't deserve it. Yeah. I was an enemy yeah. of God. I didn't know I was an enemy of God, but I was. And wow. And he and his mercy and grace just reached down and said, here you go, and just lifted yeah. the veil. Wow. Wow. There's a part of me, I wish that I'd been raised Christian. Anyone listening who's raised Christian, you're so blessed. But God in his mercy, he's using me because I can talk to new agers. Because I'm a former insider, I know the language, I know how they think. Yeah. And so he's using me in that way, so I can see mm. his plan, and I trust him. Are there people who are engaged with the New Age that really target Christians or target specific people regarding things? Well, I'll tell you that this is what I've learned, is whatever anyone believes, they evangelize. So New Agers do evangelism. New Agers wouldn't even be caught dead in a born-again Christian thing. church. Yeah, because it's too negative. Right. This is our final question here, and I've just loved talking to you. Same here. I really appreciate you like shedding light on this. If you could speak to the Doreen who is steeped into the new age and people are saying, you're a sinner, you need this, and it's bouncing off of you because you had no compass for that. If you could tell her one thing or a couple of things, what would you say? I would tell her to read the Bible because that was really what God used to save me. And mm. I'm so sad when I read the surveys of Bible reading practices of American adults. The latest survey in 2022 by Ligonier and Lifeway showed that only 10% of people read the Bible daily. Mm. And most, the majority only read the Bible once or twice a year. It's such a shame because there's these faithful brothers and sisters in Christ who died for us to have the Bible. They suffered terribly. They're burned at the stake. For us and yeah. we are so blessed and who knows with politics as they're going we may not have the bible in the future it may be illegal so yeah we need to take advantage of that this is god breathed this is god yeah. speaking to us hmm. you want god to speak a word to you it's in the bible yeah. and it's hard to understand at first and it's offensive at first but the way I felt like it was doing to me when I first read the Bible, it was like a meat tenderizer to my heart. It was mm. like I needed mm. to have my heart softened, and I got this yeah. new heart. And I wow. needed to understand, and so I use study Bibles. There's a lot of good study Bibles out there. And so I'll read every morning since I've been saved. I read the Bible, 
hmm. and then read the commentary on it and pray hmm. on it. And, and it's such a wonderful way to start the day. And people are missing out who are not doing that. One of the things that surprised me after I was saved, it was how much new age, like a mind, body, spirit festival that I would see at professing Christian churches. Mm -hmm. And but there are things that they're doing that were exactly like I was doing in the new age, like calling on spirit guides and putting a bubble of purple light protection around someone instead mm -hmm. of praying for God's protection. And one of the prophets there, he talks about animal spirit guides, which is shamanism in New Age. And the things that I see on some of these churches that are more concerned, it seems like with entertainment and almost shock value, it really concerns me because people need to be in God's word. That's what God used to save me. Mm -hmm. And if we're just mucking around with entertainment and ego stroking false prophecy, that's a waste of time. That's not going to save anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good word. Wow. This has been amazing, Doreen. I really appreciate it. Could you tell us the name of your book? Well, it's called Deceive No More, but I want to give a little preamble to that because what happened was that a year after I was saved, an editor of Thomas Nelson Publishers came to me and said, we want to publish your testimony. And in retrospect, you know how Paul went away for three years after he was saved to Arabia? He talks about that in Galatians. Yeah. I stayed in the public eye because my products were still out there and I yeah. wanted to warn people. But it was probably pridefulness too and just habit. I was just staying in the public eye. I should have waited till I finished seminary before writing the book. Most of the book I still stand by, but there's a couple yeah. things in there that make me cringe. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I've updated the Kindle version as much okay. as I can. So read the Kindle version only. And mostly, if you're going to spend time reading a book, choose the Bible. I'd rather mm -hmm. have people read the Bible if they have five minutes to read instead of my book. That's where the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. Wow. Wow. Well, that's very encouraging. But to somebody who is maybe coming out of the new age, I'm sure they would find a lot of encouragement and truth in that as well. Thank so. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us on 180. What an amazing story. And praise God. Praise the Lord. All glory to God. Yes, absolutely. Well, you be blessed. It has been so wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thank you. I appreciate your time. God bless everyone who's listening. Yes. Thank you. Please enjoy Blind Tony's poem today, inspired by Doreen's story. Satan's a liar, a robber, a thief, trying to create unbelief. And even though he's portrayed in the Bible as a lion, seeking whom he may devour, he was defeated at the cross and stripped of all power. Now he uses lies and deception day after day, trying to manipulate us into turning away from God's word and the truth, even offering us counterfeit proof, surrounding us with teachers teaching lies and myths while trying to convince us that they possess spiritual gifts. Scripture says that they would fool even the elect if it was possible, but it's not, and also improbable. Because God warns us to be sober and vigilant and not to let our guards down because lies and deception clearly abound. 
We need to raise ourselves erect and hold our heads high. We'll understand it better by and by. 180 is a production of One Way Ministries.